Good morning, everybody. Let's assume there'll be a whole lot more people dashing in the door in the next few minutes in our typical style. Um, morning and welcome, everyone. It's great to have you. Whether you're a newcomer visiting here for the first time in your new face, it's fantastic to have you. Um, if you're one of the old timers or the old hats that comes in Sunday after Sunday, you are just as valued and it's great to have you. Um, and a big welcome to Andy as well. Andy will be giving us our message today. I think a requirement in this, to preach in this church is that your name has to be Andy. We've got old Andy, new Andy, and now we have visiting Andy as well, just to keep it really confusing. Um, folks, we have 20 days until Christmas, only 20 days. Um, and I know that because the countdown happening in our house is very real. Uh, we have advent calendars, and every day we eat another chocolate, normally sometime just before breakfast, um, and get very excited. And we can all feel that Christmas is coming. And I think that's probably true for all of us, isn't it? Christmas trees are going up. They're probably getting decorated. Um, everyone who came to the church on Thursday night um, and made some beautiful wreaths um, have, have got a nice decoration on their door now as well to remind them about Christmas. Um, if you have kids in school, I'm sure you've got some nativity plays or something like that on the go. You really cannot escape Christmas. Um, ladies, uh, your Christmas shopping is probably going well. I'm sure you, you're starting to make plans um, and get those gifts bought. Uh, if you're a guy here today, don't worry. You've still got 20 days. You've got about 18 days until you need to actually start thinking about it, if you're anything like me. Definitely save it for last minute. Um, but, but guys, as the excitement builds, the question I want to ask is, what are we getting excited about? Are we excited about the holidays? Are we excited about the lovely food we're going to eat? Are we excited about the presents we're going to give and receive? Or are we excited about the fact that this is when Jesus came into the world? That's what Christmas is meant to be about. We're celebrating the arrival of Jesus. And maybe a challenge on the other side of the spectrum. Maybe you're a little bit jaded about Christmas and it just feels like this is another Christmas coming around, another year of Mariah Carey singing the same old songs, um, the same old Christmas lights, um, and it just feels like another year. But if, you, if you're sitting on that side of the spectrum, the challenge is are you getting excited about Christmas and getting excited about Jesus, getting excited for the right reasons. So wherever you sit on that spectrum today, let's get excited about Christmas and make sure it's about Jesus that we're getting excited about. Isaiah 9 verse 6 says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Isn't that a wonderful title? Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. I'm going to open up the service for us in, in prayer together. So let's all close our eyes and pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for Christmas. Um, thank you that this is when you came into the world. We can celebrate your arrival. And Lord, we can understand what that means. This is the Prince of Peace arriving into the world to bring peace between man and God. The, the, the long-awaited arrival. Thank you that we can look forward to it and celebrate it. Mm. So as, as Christmas comes upon us, and there's so many things on the go and so many um, ways to get stressed and ways to get busy, please may we keep the focus on you um, and keep that celebratory feel of looking forward to your arrival. Please may the focus all be on you and what you've done for us. In your name we pray. Amen. There are a few things to look forward to. Christmassy in the service today. One of those is some of the carols we're going to be singing during the service. Um, and then the message from Andy as well will be in Luke and focused on that. So why don't we stand and all sing together now.
reading a blog this week on the topic of overconfidence and this blog was talking about a study that was done it was a study done in the states um, and they asked a whole bunch of college professors they sent them the survey and they said if you had to analyze your own work would you say you are 
terrible, below average, above average, or absolutely excellent? Where do you rank your own work on the scale? And they obviously send this to a whole lot of college professors. And if we think about that, logically, probably about half of those should say below average and half should say above average. That's how it should work out. But when the results came in, 94% of these professors said their work is above average, which if you think about it, has to be impossible, 94%. And I think, in some ways, the same thing happens to all of us as well. When we think of our own lives and we think of our, our levels of sin and, and where we're at, it's very easy to forget the bad bits, forget the mistakes and the um, insensitive things we say or do, and it's very easy to remember all the good stuff um, and the good moments. So. That's why we're going to say confession now. It's a very good chance to take an honest look at ourselves and remember ourselves as we truly are, and that will make us a lot more likely to look towards Jesus for salvation. So I'm going to give you a moment to have a look through these words, um, reflect on, on what they mean for us, and then I will lead us together as we say this confession together. Let's say the confession together. Most merciful God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we confess that we have sinned in thought, word, and deed. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. In your mercy, forgive what we have been. Help us to amend what we are and direct what we shall be, that we may do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with you, our God. Amen. We can be assured that when we do confess our sins to God, we are forgiven. Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9, lays this out very clearly. It says, For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. So it lays it out very clearly. We are saved by grace and by faith. We are not saved by ourselves or by our works. So we just need to keep focused on the grace and faith of Jesus. We're going to stand and sing again. Um, and straight after that, if I can ask Linda to come up, she's going to be interviewing Ria and Lola. So if those three can come up straight after the song for the interview. Thank you. Sing a 
Savior is born. Christ the Savior is born. Silent night, holy night, Son of God, ask your love, raging beams from thy holy face, with the dawn of redeeming grace, Jesus, Lord of thy birth, Jesus, Lord of thy birth. Please do take a seat. Thank you very much to Lola and Ria for being willing to be interviewed. Um, so, Lola, would you mind telling us what you were doing last Sunday afternoon? Um, it was a church so sh social at the Backyard Cinema. Oh, wonderful. Thank you. And um, what did you um, do at the Backyard Cinema? We watched a movie. Oh, wonderful. Can you remember what the film was? Elf. Elf. Oh, great. <laughs> um, was it good? Yeah. It, it was one we had all watched before, but it was one that you... So to forget what the main plot was. Brilliant. And um, what did you do after watching the film? Um, we came back here and had pizza and had um, a talk about Christmas. Brilliant. Thank you very much. And um, did, you, um, did you have any friends with you? Yeah, I brought my friend Cecily. Wonderful. And what did Cecily think of it? She thought it was very fun because it was quite close to her house as well. Brilliant, thank you. And um, do you think it affected how Cecily thinks about Christians or coming to church? She found it really fun and she thought everyone was really nice. Um, that's brilliant. Thank you so much, Lola. Um, thank you. <laughs> Let's give her a little clap. <laughs> um, and Ria, you went to something different uh, this week. Um, could you tell us about where you were on Thursday evening? Uh, yeah, we came to the church and um, we had a reef-making evening. Brilliant, thank you very much. And um, yeah, what would you say the event was like? Um, how might you describe it to someone else? Yeah, it was really fun. Um, church looked really beautiful, um, all decorated and lit up. And we came in and it was um, Proseccos and canapes, which was a really good way to start the evening. Um, a lot of the ladies had um, invited their friends to come and it was really nice to meet um, some new people and different faces. Um, so we did our decorations, we sat around in small groups, which is a really nice way to kind of get to know other people, um, and we all made kind of individual beautiful decorations. Um, I'm sure some of you would have seen what your wives and uh, partners have brought home, and yeah, they all look very beautiful. Um, Linda also did a short talk during the middle of the evening, um, and it was really interesting to hear more about how reefs um, have their history and roots in Christianity and connected to Christmas. Um, and it was just, yeah, it was a really light-hearted, fun evening and a nice way to spend time together. Brilliant. Thanks so much, Ria. And everyone, thank you for your prayers, because I know people were praying for the Bigger Kids Social and for the wreath-making. So thank you so much for praying. And please do pray for everyone who came. It was so encouraging to have guests at both events. So do pray that they'd come back and want to know more about Jesus. But yeah, thank you so much, Ria. And give you applause as well. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much, ladies. Um, 
a few notices that I need to bring to your attention. Um, the first and the most important one is that our monthly prayer meeting is this Tuesday. Um, I think in our head we all know that there's lots of stuff going on and it's only going to happen if we're praying about it and we all know it's important. But the reality is life is pretty busy at the moment and it's quite cold coming out at night and maybe the, the thoughts don't always translate into the actions. I know that's, that's in my case. So maybe if we can pray that we prioritize the prayer meeting to, to come and pray on Tuesday night. That's, that's the most important notice I have. Um, other things that are on that are also just as important. Um, Small Saints is on this Tuesday. That's at 10 a.m. So please keep that in mind. Um, hopefully you received something looking like this this morning when you came in. Uh, we do have some exciting things happening on Sunday mornings for the next few weeks. Um, so next Sunday is the Nativity Play. Um, I think just about every child in the congregation is involved in that in some way or another has a role. Um, so that should be a lot of fun. Looking forward to that. Um, and then the Sunday after that, the 19th of December, we have Christmas carols at 5.30pm. So please put that in the calendar as well. And that's a really great one to invite friends to. So please start thinking, start praying now um, about who you can invite and who would like to come along to that. And then the last notice from me is that the message today is going to be coming from the book of Luke. Uh, we do have these books. They're available at the back. They are free. Um, and that is 25 daily Bible readings that come from Luke 1 and 2. So a great way to focus through the month of December in that build up to Christmas. So if you don't have one already, make sure you grab one of those. Um, I'm going to quickly pray for the children and then they're all going to go out to Sunday school. So let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for all of the young ones that you've blessed us with. Um, we thank you for the leaders that are teaching them today and giving up of their time. And please give them that dedication and patience um, and love for you that can really shine through to the children today. Please may the lessons go well and may the children learn more about you and your kingdom. In your name we pray. Amen. Children, you are free to go. If you're not sure where to go, just go to the back. Linda is there, can direct you which class to go to. Good to see you, Paul. Good. Thank you. It's, it's an old one. Yes. You got back from uh, Monday. Yes. Um, okay. Yeah, Monday from uh, Atlanta. I'm still like a little bit far. But then didn't you go away somewhere? You some nice pictures from Oxford. Oh, sure. Yeah, so I booked Bethany on birthdays. Uh, birthday like wreath making thing. Didn't know the church thing was the same day. Yeah. <laughs> so that was planned like months ago. And then she realized like a week and a half ago, she's like, oh, this thing is in Vanbury, like two hours away. I was like, yeah, like, I'm working. <laughs> and so I basically drove her up there, we're on an Airbnb, crashed for the and then I watched remotely. I felt like okay, but I was like working from this Airbnb. Well, she did and, and, Yeah, and she had like a five, six hour day. And I loved it, yeah. And I was just wondering the countryside. What should I do? <laughs> Where we go? But I ended up. I posted a photo of this pub. It was just like cozy pubs near me, and found this place. It's just England, you know. Yeah. Sometimes it's just yeah. really cool. Yeah. Nice. Um, you're back from Edinburgh, though. Right? Yes. Yeah, it was a good stay. You can go away from the night. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. It's always weird when like um, it's a bunch of journalists that don't know each other. So there were like six you didn't know in the group. I knew one of them. I met. She was the one organising the invited. So she organised a bunch of. So yeah, so it was mixed personalities. Like I love those things. Yeah. The one lady was a nightmare. She's been a journalist for like two months, just over it. Like so she she came along, but it was just to see her mates in Edinburgh. Like she didn't rock up to any of this stuff. Oh. So like they put on the whole thing up within this, you know, like a cool itinerary and she just barely rocked up for any of them. So that was like causing a lot of stress. I was just laughing at it. Yeah. Um, 
I did a good time anyway. Yeah, yeah that was awesome. But you get good content out of it as well. Stuff to yeah, so I, I had to write. They want the article up as soon as possible because it's a festive theme. Yeah. So the one's already published her article. It's in the Independent today. Yeah. Um, she writes better than me, so I'll send you that one if you want to see what we get. Same itinerary. Yeah, yeah. And she was and she was really nice. She was. I made sure I wrote my article before I read Hobus because I also would have missed the slides you know what I mean then you've right. got that anyway. so I wrote mine and I finished it yesterday and I sent it in and then I was like okay, let me read hers because hers is in the paper today and Yacht Shouts and Kobe Wall so I tasted that strong but it did it yeah, yeah I described it there were one or two well. funny things like the drag race drop because the content <laughs> organizers gave but I'll tell you about that later because <laughs> maybe these microphones are on <laughs> I think it is No, so the hotel organizer, the guy that we were staying at, he was so excited about Sunday night. And he was like an eccentric gay guy. My dog is called Coco Chanel. <laughs> like that sort of guy. Um, and he was like, oh, Sunday night's going to be amazing. And we go to this restaurant and I just see at the door, it's the sign outside. Sunday night, drag night. And I was like, okay, this makes complete sense. Why this makes so sense. No, no, we were all chilled, but the like, people, the entertainment was, and I was, so it was this gay guy and then a whole bunch of ladies. So obviously, I'm, sorry, I'm dear in the headlights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait till I tell you what the dance is. <laughs> right, folks, if I can cut into your conversations, please do keep those going afterwards over some tea and coffee. If I can cut in, I'm going to ask Julie, better known as Juju, to come and do our reading for us. Unless I've forgotten something. Ah, I've forgotten a song. Thank you so much. <laughs> sorry. Before we get to the reading, uh, we're going to stand and sing together. <laughs> Expected Jesus born to set our people free from our fears and sins. Release us, let us find thy rest in thee. Israel, strength and consolation, hope of all the earth. Now desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart. Hold thy people to deliver, hold a child and yet to reign in us forever, all our gracious kingdom reign, by thine own eternal spirit, rule in all our hearts alone, by thine own sufficient merit, guide us to thy glory. Born 
to die for lowly sinners, bruised to crush the serpent's curse. Raised to lie to heal the dead, raised to grant our spirit's birth. Born the shining righteous Savior, come and hell and earth anew. Come to claim your saints forever, Lord, to live in you. open your Bibles. Now is the time for the reading. And then straight after that, we will have the message from Andy. The reading this morning comes from Luke chapter 1, verses 39 to 56, and it can be found on page 1026. So Luke chapter 1, starting at verse 39. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. <clears throat> and Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but, is, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful. Remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. Thank you. Very good to be with you. Uh, please do keep that page 1026 open. That'd be really helpful. And let me, let me pray. Let's pray an old prayer. Um, blessed Lord, who has caused all the Holy Scriptures to be written for our learning, Grant that we may so hear, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and the comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you've given us in our Saviour, 
Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, where is real joy? Where is real joy to be found? Um, there, are, there are shortages of all sorts of random things at the moment, aren't there? You go into wherever it is, you go into shop, and, and there's just always someone random that's, that's missing. Um, but I think one thing there's certainly a shortage of is joy. You know, as we, as we head towards Christmas with that kind of Groundhog Day feeling of, like, what will we be able to do again this Christmas as we... Uh, maybe you read the news and it's just depressing or confusing or sometimes sickeningly awful. As personally we struggle with maybe health or work or um, fears and sins of many kinds, where, where is joy to be found? Real joy, not just escapism for a few hours of a good sports game or shopping or a nice meal or watching something on Netflix. I mean, those, not bad things, but the glow doesn't last for very long. Where is real, lasting, solid joy? Joy that's strong enough to drive out fears, to drive out sin and darkness. Well, this passage takes us to the right place. It's a very surprising place that it takes us. And it's from Luke's historical account of Jesus of Nazareth. We've been looking through it. It was written to give us solid, certain hope and joy. So let's go in there. Verse 39. Uh, At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. So this is an incident about the meeting of two People, two women, two pregnant women. They're the only speaking characters in this passage. And straight away, that's very unusual in ancient literature, particularly in ancient historical writing, to get a passage which is a dialogue between two women making really important speeches at the opening of a whole piece. And it's just interesting, notice that, as you go through Luke's account, actually, if you go through all the Gospels, in fact, actually, loads of bits of the Bible, you'll find that very often women speak at key moments, do key things. Very often when they're compared with men, they actually come off better than men. Just worth noting that as we go through. We've already seen in in this just the first chapter of Luke, that um, Zechariah disbelieves God's promise. Mary believes God's promise. Elizabeth here is filled with the Holy Spirit before her husband Zechariah is filled with the Spirit. So verse 41, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. So Elizabeth is coming to the end of her second trimester. Uh, So it's not particularly unusual that the baby jumps in her womb. Um, But now she's filled with the Holy Spirit, so she's able to understand what is really going on. She's able to see what you wouldn't be able to see, even with the best ultrasound. Verse 42, in a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. That's amazing for a load of reasons. Well, Mary's only just arrived. So she hasn't told Elizabeth yet that she's pregnant. They haven't been kind of sharing messages on WhatsApp about this. She's just turned up out of the blue, unannounced, 
but Elizabeth knows that Mary is pregnant. Now, you know, some people, you kind of, some people kind of have that intuition, don't they? You know, maybe it's something in her voice, you know, it's a bit of a glow in the cheeks. But th this isn't just intuition, this is much more than that, because, well, for one thing, in that culture, just imagine, in that culture, you wouldn't normally say to an unmarried, unmarried, betrothed woman who has got pregnant, you wouldn't normally say, blessed are you among women. You wouldn't congratulate her in that culture. Why is Mary blessed? Because blessed is the child you will bear. Or literally, blessed is the fruit of your womb. In other words, blessed are you because the fruit in your womb is a very special fruit. Now remember, this is Elizabeth speaking by the Holy Spirit. So she's talking about what's going on, that the Holy Spirit has revealed to her what is going on. And now she says one of the most amazing things that anyone has ever said. I mean, that's a big claim. This is one of the most amazing things anyone has ever said. Read this, verse 43. But why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me. Did you get that? The mother of my Lord. Who is Mary's child? Who, who is in her womb? Elizabeth's Lord. Now, who is Elizabeth's Lord? Elizabeth, is a, she's a devout Israelite lady. Who is Elizabeth's Lord? The Lord God. The Lord God of Israel, the creator God. This is God in the womb. God in utero. Augustine, the African theologian of the early church, said, and this, this is quite complicated, but it's, it's great. Augustine said, man's maker was made man. He who was unmade was made in the mother whom he had made, that he might be born here on earth of her who could never have existed except through him. Or if you want something a bit more recent, um, you know that song, Mary, Did You Know? I, lo I love that carol. It's one of my favorites. Mary, Did You Know? It captures the same thing. It says, Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? This child that you delivered will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will give sight to a blind man? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will calm the storm with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? When you kiss your little baby, you kiss the face of God. What, what does that do to our ideas of God? What God is that? Do, do we think of God as, you know, distant, cold, uninvolved, this kind of abstract idea, this kind of sterile God over there somewhere? No. This is God in the womb. You know that line in O Come All Ye Faithful where it says, Lo, he abhors not the virgin's womb. I never understood that growing up. What does that mean? I never understood that until someone explained to me that what it means in the context of that verse of the, of the carol is God of God, light of light, 
very God didn't despise being contained in a virgin's womb. See, Jesus could have presumably become incarnate as a man. He could have just popped out of thin air as a 30-year-old man. He could have done that, but he didn't. The, The Son of God took flesh in the womb of a woman. He was made a tiny embryo in the darkness of a womb. In the darkness of a womb, he was an embryo and he grew and he grew and he developed and he grew and he grew for months and then he was pushed out into the world, naked, covered in blood and fluids. Glenn Scrivener, um, I don't know if you know Glenn Scrivener, he, made, um, he did a remake of a children's song um, about three years ago um, and he took the song, My God is so big, so strong and so mighty. Do you know that one? My God is so big so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God can... He took that song and, and, he, and he tweaked it. My God is so small, so weak, and so helpless. There's nothing my God will not do for you. That's the good news. That's the good news. Though mountains are his, though rivers are his, though stars are his handiwork, he makes himself nothing. He takes the very nature of a servant. He humbles himself to become an embryo. He humbles himself all the way to death on a cross, naked, in the darkness, on the cross, covered in blood. He goes through that for you. God in a womb, God in the womb tells us there's nothing he will not do for you. And what's the reaction to that? Verse 44, as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. That's the response. I mean, a baby moving in a womb, like we said, is, you know, at the end of a second trimester, it's not very unusual. But the Holy Spirit is giving Elizabeth what is really going on here. The baby in Elizabeth's womb is encountering the baby in Mary's womb who is the Lord God, and leaps for joy. And As you read through Luke's Gospel, you get loads of people who encounter Jesus. Um, Simeon, Anna, Simon Peter. Loads of people encounter him. Sometimes they recognize him, sometimes they don't recognize him. But the first one here to recognize, to encounter the Lord Jesus and recognize who he is, is this unborn baby. It's amazing. I mean, just a side point here. Just on that word, baby, the Greek word is brephos. That same word is used in the next chapter of Jesus after he's born. So here it's used of the the guy who will be John the Baptist. Before he's born, that same word brephos is used of Jesus after he's born and laid in a manger. It's then used when Jesus is um, an adult and he's he's, he's receiving infants are brought to him. Do you remember that time when the disciples were saying, go away and, and, and... Babies are brought to Jesus, same word. Now, I just think it's worth just pointing out that we live in a world where what decides whether a baby is called a baby rather than a fetus or a pregnancy or a bunch of cells is A, whether it is inside the womb or has exited the birth canal, and B, whether it's wanted or not. But the Bible says that a baby is a baby whether whether or not it's born 
and whether or not it is wanted. So here we have two babies. One is God incarnate. The other has been filled with the Holy Spirit even before birth. Which, again, a side point. I think um, this gives some hope to Christian couples who lose a baby. Because it is possible for a baby to have spiritual birth even before they have natural birth. But the big point here, the big point here is the reaction of this baby. Verse 44, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. This baby encounters the Lord Jesus, God in flesh, and leaps for joy. This is the joy that the prophet Malachi spoke about right at the end of the Old Testament. The prophet Malachi said, when the son of righteousness rises, he shall go out leaping like calves from a stool that have been penned up all winter that go out leaping that's this is the kind of joy that makes you actually jump up and down it's that kind of joy um, i mean this is a trivial example but if, if you've ever done that thing where you, you know you go and watch a this amazing epic rugby match or football match in a pub and and it's you know it's some kind of really important international and it's one of those ones that's kind of gone right to the wire it's gone into extra time and then there's just this spectacular, unexpected goal or try or whatever right at the end. And, and just the, the whole pub erupts and people are literally jumping and beer is going everywhere. You know, that kind of just irrepressible jumping joy. That's something of what's going on here, but much, much more important. This is a joy that's coming from encountering God in the flesh, God in the womb. The Lord of the universe has become nothing for you. He's become weak for you. And there's just great joy. And then we see another. That's the first reason. There's another great reason for joy in Mary's speech that she makes. She makes this very powerful speech. This is, this is some of the greatest rhetoric that's ever been said. And it's another very surprising place to find joy. Verse 46, then Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. So this is a wholehearted joy, soul and spirit. This is the kind of joy that makes your heart feel like it's going to burst. It's so full. Where is that joy coming from? My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For verse 48 for so now there's the reason what is what is this lord god done that's made her so joyful for he has been mindful mindful he has looked upon me he's he's seen me he's been mindful of the humble state of his servant that's that's the low down state of his servant from now on all generations will call me blessed that is happy for the reason again the mighty one has done great things for me. So Mary's great joy is coming from the fact that the Lord has looked on her in her, in her lowly, humble state, and he has done great things for her. But not just for her, because she then says straight away, holy is his name. It's like, holy is his middle name. It's like, this is what he's like. And Mary goes on to unpack what God is like. He is always the sort of God who has mercy on the low and lifts them up. Verse 50, his mercy extends to those who fear him from generation 
to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He's scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He's helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. He is the God of reversal. The God of reversal. He brings down the high and mighty and lifts up the low and needy. Now that is like no other God. He's not like Santa. Santa gives... Father Christmas gives presents and and nice things to good boys and good girls, strangely mostly in America and Western Europe. He he, he passes over naughty boys and girls and most most of the rest of the world. But the real God is a God of reversals. He's a radical kind of revolutionary God. He, He brings down a great Pharaoh and rescues a people of slaves through a lamb. He brings down Goliath through a shepherd boy with a little stone. He brings down great Nebuchadnezzar. That's always how he's worked. He's always opposed the proud and given grace to the humble. That's what what he does. That's what he's doing right now. He opposes those of us who are proud and he gives grace to those who are humble. That is what he's like. And in the context of Luke's gospel, this this speech of Mary is really powerful because it points forward to what's going to happen. As you read through the rest of Luke's account, you find it's all about this reversal. It's all about the lifting up of the humble and the humbling of the proud. So Jesus' first sermon, his first sermon, what does he say? He says he's come to preach good news to the poor. His next reported sermon, he says, blessed are you who are poor, blessed are you who hunger, blessed are you who weep, but woe to you who are rich, woe to you who are well fed, woe to you who laugh. Jesus tells parables like, that are almost always reversal, so he tells stories like a banquet where the the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame end up inside, and those who are mainly property owners are rejected outside. He tells a story about a beggar, a, a, a beggar covered in sores, a poor beggar who's received into paradise while this callous rich man ends up in torment. He tells a story about a self-righteous Pharisee who comes and says, thank you God that I'm so wonderful, and then a tax collector who can't even look up to heaven, and it's a tax collector who goes home justified. And in his interactions with people in real life, Jesus enacts those reversals. So he honours women and outcasts. He welcomes little children. He welcomes tax collectors and sinners and the despised. But at exactly the same time as that, he offends religious people and rich men walk away from him sad. The point is, Jesus is the God of reversal. This is how the Holy God acts. This is how Jesus acts because he is the Holy God. And he's come to enact the greatest reversal of all. 
because he, the righteous one, will be condemned and punished as the unrighteous so that unrighteous people like us might become the righteousness of God. He who is life will die so that dead people like us can be raised to life. We mustn't miss how unexpected that is. You know, maybe we can get used to that, but this is just radically weird. This is just not how anything else works. Any other area of life, whether it's kind of school or work or politics, the first are first and the last are last. Only in the gospel and only in the church do we get this paradoxical reality that God uses the weak things of this world to shame the strong. He uses the powerful things. The powerful things are humble. The foolish things humble the, the wise. The stone that the builders rejected and thought was useless ends up being the cornerstone. The first will be last and the last will be first. The church is a place where we give special honour to the weakest members and those whom the, the world thinks are least honourable, we give the most honour. The church is where the greatest is the one who's like a little child and the one who rules is like the one who serves as a slave. And most wonderfully, the church is where we rejoice that Jesus didn't come into the world to call righteous people but sinners to repentance. You know, imagine Jesus' surgery. Jesus is Dr. Jesus. He has a surgery. And the great thing is you don't have to wait for appointments at that surgery ever. You can go there right now. And you go to Jesus. Imagine you go to Jesus' surgery and, and he says, come in. And he says, you know, how, how are you doing? And he said, well, actually, I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm doing fine, actually. Yeah, I think I'm actually quite a good person. Then he says, well, I can't help you. Can you leave, please? Or you go to Jesus' surgery and he says, how are you doing? And you say, oh, I'm doing really, really badly. I'm, I've totally messed everything up. I'm, I'm a miserable sinner. And I don't deserve to be here at all. He says, you're in exactly the right place. You're in exactly the right place. I came for you. I came for people like you. That's why Mary rejoices. That's the great foundation of our joy. As we, as we finish, let, let's, let's make this personal, because this is personal. Did you notice the, the word my in this passage? The word my. So verse 43, in verse 43, but why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Elizabeth's Lord, my Lord. Well, verse 47, my spirit rejoices in God, my Saviour. It's not enough to, to see these things from a distance and think like, yeah, okay, I can kind of get that. I see that from a distance. We need to own them, take them in, inwardly digest them. Make them ours so that he is my Lord, my Savior. So, you know, make, right now, again, you know, let's, let's take hold of this Lord as our Lord. He became an embryo for you. Believe that he became nothing for you. Take hold of him now as your saviour, my saviour. He, he turns the world upside down, but believe that he came specifically to turn your world upside down. 
he became sin so that you might become in him the righteousness of God. Let's pray. Let's pray. Blessed is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Father God, by your spirit, open our eyes to see more of your son and by your Holy Spirit, give us faith to believe that you sent him into the world through the womb of Mary for us personally. Please would you crush our pride. Please would you humble us, bring us down to see ourselves rightly that you might lift us up in Christ. Please give us solid daily joy in him. We ask this for your glory and our good. Amen. Do you look at the back of your service sheets? We have our prayers there. Do you have a quick glance over it before we go to God in prayer together? Let's go before God in prayer. Father, I thank you that we could be reminded from our passage of Christ and the fact that he has come in this world and to be uh, found low, Lord, and uh, through what he's done in this world, Lord, to be made sin, that we may be uh, found righteous in you, Lord. I thank you for that gift that we have in Christ of salvation through all that he's done. And I pray, Lord, that yeah, we may know that, that joy, uh, that joy too, Lord, as we see in our passage, uh, through our salvation in Christ. And I thank you for um, Andy, uh, come here to preach this word to us. I pray we'd remember these words that we've learned and that it would uh, be in our hearts, that we'll treasure it in our hearts, Lord, and it will cause us to have much more joy in you, Lord, and it would cause us to walk in more obedience uh, to you, O oh Lord. I pray for Andy, I pray that you would um, help him, um, give him the grace that he needs um, in a London church, plant an academy. I pray that, Lord, you'll bear fruit through him and through that, Lord, that you would use men and women in um, church planting ministries, oh, not over London, but over the whole of this country and the land, Lord, for the gospel. We also pray that we have another opportunity to come together as a church to pray this coming week. And Lord, we are reminded that, Lord, that without you, we cannot do nothing of our own. I pray you would help us to realise our weakness and our need for you, O oh Lord. And that if we come before you, Lord, with humble hearts, with faith, and knowing that all that you can do, um, we shall see fruit. We shall see uh, not only fruit, Lord, but we shall also see um, you blessing the work of our hands in our ministries, in our efforts to reach this area of Wandsworth for the gospel. So I pray, Lord, you would motivate us by the power of your spirit and cause us to um, come here to pray together, Lord, and to bring to you our needs, and Lord, and to raise our efforts to you. They may bless it for your glory. 
And we pray also for the missionaries, our missionaries, Lord, that we are in partnership with, um, the webs in the Arnhem land. We pray that you sustain them and give them the perseverance they need, um, Father, especially the whole of the team, especially during this time, in the midst of the heat immunity, um, in the area that they're serving. I also pray that you would um, give them the, the grace, Lord, and the power of your spirit, filling with your spirit to be able to proclaim Christ in that land, Lord, and that you would, uh, through their efforts, bear fruit, Lord. I thank you that your word says that, Lord, you prepared works for us before the foundation of the earth, and I pray that, Lord, that they may know of that, um, that promise and that you will supply every grace that they need. We pray also um, for the recent storm in Arwen, Lord, in this, in this country. I pray, that, Lord, that you, O oh Lord, make the uh, sun to rise, Lord, and to rain to fall on the unrighteous and righteous. Father, we pray, that, Lord, that you would make the sun to rise, Lord, on everyone in that area, Lord, and it will be done through the Christians, local Christians in those areas, and you use them to uh, bless them, and you use them to um, display um, um, love to the neighbours, and through that it would open doors for the gospel to be proclaimed. We pray for Mozambique. Father, I thank you that you, oh Lord, you know your own and you care for them. And I thank you, Lord, that you have your eyes on our brothers and sisters in that country. I pray you would keep them, sustain them, Lord, and help them and give them their every need. I pray you protect them from the threat of persecution. And I pray, Lord, that you would stop that persecution in those, uh, in those areas. And we pray, Lord, that um, you'll be glorified, Lord, through the sustaining of your people in that area. And we pray, Lord, that um, you would um, use the common uh, things that you place in this world, Lord, governments and agencies to bring about the stopping of that persecution. And lastly, Lord, we pray for our nativity uh, this Sunday. We pray also that, Lord, that you would bring many people from Wandsworth and uh, many people of the streets to uh, come and see um, the joy um, that we have in Christ um, and through the nativity. I pray it would bring up many conversations, gospel conversations, Lord, and that it would, through that, uh, many people would uh, wonder and want to know more about Christ why we have this joy in Christ, why we're so blessed in our salvation. I pray it will bring many people, not just to uh, Sunday services, Lord, but to our Bible studies, to our Hope Explored. I pray that you do this, Lord, in your name. Amen. We're going to carry on responding now um, by singing together, so please stand. Squall of a borrowed stable by the spirit of a virgin's birth. 
to the anguish of the shame and scandal came the savior of the human race but the skies were filled with the praise of heaven shepherds listening as the angels tell of the gift of god coming down to man at the dawning of emmanuel king of heaven and the friend of sinners humble servant through the father's hands with power of the Holy Spirit, with the mercy of the Holy Man. Yes, He walked my road, and He felt my pain. Joy and sorrows that I know so well. And His righteousness gives me hope again. I will follow my hand. The kisses of a betrayal. He was lifted on a cruel cross, and his punishment for a world's transgressions. He was suffering to save the lost. And he fights for breath, and he fights for me, losing sinners from the blazes of hell. Our souls are free, death defeated by him. Now he's standing in the place of honor, by the glory of the highest throne, interceding for his own Almighty and everlasting God, we thank you that you have brought us safely to the beginning of this new day. By your mighty power, keep us from falling into sin or running into any kind of danger. Order all our doings and guide us to do always what is righteous in your sight. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, please have a joyful week ahead, a joyful build-up to Christmas. Um, don't dash away. There's some delicious snacks at the back and some tea and coffee. I hope you all have a good week.